Hey everyone, it's Chris. It's Allison. And it's Matt. And before we get started on this episode of the podcast, I just wanted to give you all a big thank you and an update. Uh, Because of your generous support, we have now gotten over 30% of the way to being able to hire an editor for when the Quantum Leap podcast goes weekly with the reboot series. Now, this episode that you're about to hear is all about the reboot. We got some new news, some new juicy gossip. So you're definitely going to want to hear that. But it just reminds me that the reboots are coming and we still got uh, ways to go to get the level of support that we need to hire a full-time editor to help out when the podcast goes weekly. Um, To do that, we are relying on you, our loyal listeners. If you are interested in supporting the podcast at any level, you can do so on our Patreon site. That is patreon.com slash quantum leap podcast patreon.com slash quantum leap podcast as i said you can support at any level but if you support at the five dollar leaper level or above you will unlock over 20 hours of bonus content that we have available so it is worth your while and we have little perks and stuff Mm -hmm. we'll give you a bookmark we'll give you our undying gratitude Maybe even give you a producer credit on the show. Just go take a look at the tiers that we have there. It's patreon.com slash quantum leap podcast. And if you think that you can support and you want to see the show thrive and grow and go to the next level and you feel like you want to help us out with that, we'd love to have your support. Thank you so much for all of you who have already done it. Um, On with the show. Good. Yay. Not just survive. But thrive. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> I know you were thinking it. Oh, I yeah. gotta put that in. Oh crap! I know it's why I was talking too much. I'm leaving. The, I'm leaving all this in. All right, now we're on with the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is Scott Bakula, and you're listening to the Quantum Leap podcast. Theorizing that one could time travel within his own lifetime, Doctor Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap accelerator and vanished. He awoke to find himself trapped in the past, facing mirror images that were not his own, and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. His only guide on this journey is Al, an observer from his own time, who appears in the form of a hologram that only Sam can see and hear. And so Dr. Beckett finds himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right what once went wrong, and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. You are listening to the Quantum Leap Podcast. This is episode 109... Reboot Pilot Redo? Welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast, everyone. I'm Christopher DeFilippis. I'm Allison Pregler. And I'm Matt Dale. And we interrupt your regularly scheduled Quantum Leap Podcast episode to bring you this, another reboot update. So let me set the scene, guys. This is how big a deal this is. It's Saturday here in New York. It's a warm Saturday. I'm out in my garage. I'm playing with my radios. I'm doing repairs. I'm just like on my workbench going, oh, and uh, I look out of my open garage door and I see the Quantum Leap Podcast signal up in the sky. (laughs) And I realize 
I have to get to the mic. Get to the mic. <laughs> Matt has some news for us. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this is big enough for me to stop dicking around with radios in my garage. We are going to talk about some developments, right? There's been some stuff going on. Yes, big stuff. Yeah, so I, I now hand it over to Matthew Dale, who is the arbiter of all the stuff for the QLP. I'm just, I'm a passenger now. I'm a tourist. Matthew Dale! <laughs> <laughs> Have I got a little theme tune now? That's so cool. <laughs> Alison, I need you to record that, and then every time I walk into a room, I'm just going to play it. Oh, that's a meme noise, so... <laughs> was it? Yeah. I used it on a tangent once. You'd know if you'd listened to any of our podcasts, so... Uh, <laughs> oh, you do make me laugh, Chris. Should we talk about Quantum Leap? <laughs> yeah, let's do it! Yeah. So, yeah, um, like, we were kind of expecting around about this time of year... Production would be starting to get going. We'd start to have some news. So, yeah, to Chris's point, yeah, stuff's happening now. It's just maybe not the stuff that we were expecting. I think this week's been a bit of a surprise for all of us. It kind of blindsided us. A little bit. Yeah. So I'll summarise. I'll assume that our listeners maybe don't know any of this. So it's just completely set the scene on what we already know and what's just happened. So we know earlier this year the pilot episode was filmed in Vancouver it was uh, set in San Francisco in 1989 during an earthquake that broke during production cuz very clearly there was earthquakey stuff going on and um there were some signs up warning the residents that this was uh, a 1989 era scene that's the episode that a few of us uh, the fates wide wheel guys myself um Brian at Al's place we've managed to get hold of a copy of the script and we've been talking about it and and really building it up because we it, it really is such a solid script and and it's been exciting for all of us and that's the uh, the the episode that uh, was directed by Helen Shaver and that was the episode that went in front of the NBC execs uh, about a month ago and got commissioned into a series so that brings us up to speed with where we're at now just waiting for episode 2 to start being recorded and then this week out of nowhere that hashtag shows start reporting on Oh, we we know the plot of episode one. Well, we all know the plot of episode one. It's about an earthquake, right? <laughs> yeah. But it turns out that there is now a replacement episode one in pre-production. The executives at NBC have asked for that earthquake episode to be parked. It was good enough to get a, a series order, but apparently not clear enough for an audience to grab onto. So a whole new first episode has been commissioned, um, and this is one that's going to circulate around the story of a jewel heist at the Smithsonian, uh, with a group of thieves aiming to steal the Hope Diamond, and one of the thieves is uh, doing it specifically to pay for his wife's surgery. So there's a bit of a bit of a heart story going on there, <laughs> along with um, what's, why are you laughing, Chris? I'm trying to make this <laughs> listen. <laughs> we, we we have to jewel heist. I'm thinking jewel heist, jewel heist to pay jewel, for his wife's surgery. I can see. <laughs> all right, we got to unpack some of this. All right, you going? You going at lightning uh, speed? Yeah, yeah. I want to feel like an hour here. Matt, finish up what he was going to say. <laughs> right. we'll, we'll get into well, the details. The, 
the the only other point point that I want to mention about that is, um, and I think we, yeah, we should discuss all of this really. But um, uh, Helen Shaver, we we found out during production she'd been promoted also to a producer, uh, so we we assume she's still involved. But for this pilot, uh, this new pilot, uh, there's now a new director, uh, Thor Freudenthal, who also handled the pilot of Labria. So he's obviously known to the production team, uh, and he's been brought in to direct this. I assume Helen will be back to direct other episodes later in the season since she's still on the production team. But uh, yeah, whole new script, new setting, same characters, same cast, uh, new director. Yeah, as far as we know, no one's being replaced or written out or anything. No, so we've still got Ernie Hudson as Magic and um, Mason Alexander Park. And yeah, all all of the cast and and key crew uh, appear to be the same. That's the big part that we're at right now. Wow. Um, I think that um, when this started breaking, my heart sank a little. Am I alone in that? I mean, before we got any details, I just thought, oh my God. Everybody says that this pilot who who has read the script, everyone who's seen it, who we've spoken to, I guess Deborah Pratt being chief among them, Mm -hmm. has said that this is really something that has the heart, the soul, the DNA of um, Quantum Leap. And then along comes, hey, we're going to throw that out and make a second <laughs> pilot. And then I thought, fucking TV executives. And I'm not even going to bleep that. Fucking <laughs> TV executives. <laughs> They're going to ruin it. They're going to dumb it down. They're going to sex it up. And it's so, going to be. I don't know if it'll be sexy. <laughs> it's got Raymond Lee. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I'm imagining Raymond Lee now in some kind of like tight black cat suit, cat burglar kind of thing. Going, oh, they do it Mission Impossible style? Or, yeah. What's the one with Catherine Zeta-Jones? She's going under the lasers. Leaving nothing to the imagination. <laughs> it'll, it'll be the new version of the Fermi suit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, um... Yeah, this this did. I got had the same thought, and I think a lot of people have that. Um, it feels very, very weird to redo the pilot entirely, especially um, when it's so expensive to begin with. I know they shot in uh, Vancouver to save some money. It is cheaper to film in Canada than in LA, but the fact that they're throwing it out completely to do another pilot means that the network must feel very strongly about the creative direction. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to feel about that. We haven't seen either one of them. Matt, you're the only one who's read the script out of the three of us who's read the script for the pilot. It kind of sounds like a lot of the things that that sounded like they were in the first pilot that they shot they're kind of removing. Like, I don't want them to remove the heart of it. I feel like focusing on a heist is a very strange plot for the pilot. I'd be behind it as a different episode, but as the pilot, I feel like it's a strange one to start on. It feels very much like the network, like, let's get some action in there. I don't know. Yeah, I I have the same initial reaction, and it's tough for me having read the script and fallen in love with it so much. It felt like nothing else could take its place. But trying to put some hope in there, I don't know what this new one's going to be like. We don't know anything else beyond this one-line plot. Yeah, and there are ways you could, there are ways you could describe the original pilot as was that would probably still sound that sound equally. I don't know. Is this really quantum leap? It just happened that I think a lot of us found out about the plot 
either by reading the script or by by hearing details from fandom. This has come out through a, a website, um, a news website, and maybe the way they're describing it just it's not landing for us, but that doesn't necessarily mean the script is bad. I'm kind of reminded of when when that hashtag show also broke the character breakdowns and some of mm. us went a bit, oh, really? But actually, yeah. as more information's come to light, the characters are great and they, they seem fine. It was just the way that was presented made us all raise our eyebrows a bit. So I'm trying to remain hopeful. Yeah, it seems weird, but I mean, uh, especially me and Chris, like we have really not a lot of context for either of the pilots. So it could be that it's pretty good. Um, I'm kind of bummed that we're not going to be seeing the original pilot, except for I'm sure it'll be included as like a DVD or Blu-ray extra or something. I'm kind of bummed we won't be seeing that because I, I did want to see it. I liked the idea of doing this earthquake opener. The uh, promo pictures looked exciting. Uh, yeah. So I don't know, kind of, um, but also I think one of the things that really makes me nervous is, like I mentioned before, the fact that it's expensive to redo a pilot. So that makes me feel like the network really wanted to take it in a different direction. It's really unusual to film a pilot and then redo it entirely. A lot of times you get reshoots um, for recasting and things like that. Once series are picked up, some people have other commitments or the network thinks that they should recast someone or for whatever reason. Um, they do that. Um, sometimes there's pitch pilots that aren't like complete mm. pilots that they'll uh, they'll reshoot because they're just meant to be pitched around to people and not actually aired as is. Uh, but that's not the case here. They're just redoing it entirely. Yeah, that was the part of it. The, the fact that they're redoing it entirely is the first thing that gave me pause, and I was very, very, very upset. I have to admit because. I felt like I had gotten to know the reboot cast and gotten to accept the fact that they were going to be pretty awesome. And then I thought, oh my God, they're chucking this pilot, which seems to have all the good stuff going for it in favor of what? And like I said before, I said effing TV executives, but <laughs> I mean, th th there's a basis for that. And the thing that made me feel much better right off the bat was learning almost immediately after reading that news that they're not recasting anyone. So mm. if yeah. they're going in a different direction for the pilot, at least it's not because they're trying to change up the dynamic. It seems like they just want to go with a different type of story. So that gives me some hope after my initial knee-jerk reaction. But Allison, I <clears> – <throat> I don't want to put you on the spot, but you had uh, mentioned some stuff about um, pilots being retooled, especially your experience with, I guess, the Charmed reboot that gave you pause, that gave you specific oh. things that you've noticed <laughs> in the past that you <laughs> were worried about. I mean, would you care to elaborate on that? Well, okay. See, I just want to clarify uh, first off that um, all of this is just things that we're guessing about. We don't know what's really going on behind the scenes. If, if we want to look at things charitably here uh it's possible they just wanted things to be done differently like um they were saying like to make it a little bit easier for new people to understand and they couldn't do an earthquake reshoot they're moving to la um it's expensive maybe they just had to come up with a different alternative that was cheaper i don't know but one of the things i was really reminded of and, and this happens with networks a lot they kind of 
seem like they they're starting out making something very progressive and then they go back on it and make a bunch of changes and it just turns out crappy um and i'd mentioned uh in a, a private chat uh all of us together that um it reminded me of the charmed reboot so uh when they retooled that show uh they did a new uh version of it they were like okay this time we're gonna make it about uh a diverse cast. The sisters are all not white. Uh, one of them's uh, gay. Uh, we're going to have it like be about sisterhood and we're not going to be about people in sexy costumes. And we're going to have like this very progressive show. And they did season one and it was a mess, just a huge mess, but uh, <laughs> they were kind of trying. And then in season two, the network brought in new showrunners who are both white people. They made it all about the white side characters and one of which is a guy and like straight white guy. And it just all of the focus became like change it into like uh boring supernatural like it was just <laughs> everything that the show wasn't pitched as it was super disappointing and it feels like a lot of networks kind of do that and um i don't know if that's the case here obviously they haven't recast anyone they haven't shifted anything with the crew or anything i just get nervous when executives get involved with this because they're not always creatives they're people that are thinking like you know this is where the money's at or this is where you know we're gonna uh appeal to the biggest demographic sometimes they can just make kind of bungling decisions because they're not really thinking about what best serves the show yeah that that was my fear too because whenever executives get involved it becomes about the creativity is second how can we sell happy meals and diapers and bed sheets and <laughs> Uh, you know, and just make it as massly palatable to every mundane out there as opposed to Quantum Leap fans. And, you know, mm. I get it. I, 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 I don't know where I heard it. I feel just like osmosis because I've been reading different stuff, even though I'm really trying to avoid spoilers. <laughs> I, I just – there was too much going on this week for me to not click on things and taking a chance. Uh, luckily, I haven't been spoiled yet. That might change by the end of the show. But uh, just to continue with this thread, it seemed to me that – like you had already said, Matt, that the real problem was that the pilot as it was originally shot, the originally filmed one was just a tiny bit too in the weeds for um, a general viewer. It seemed like it was a pilot made for us. It was a pilot made for those of us who've been waiting 30 years for Quantum Leap to come back and who know everything about the show or at least have a good working knowledge of the framework of the show. Yeah, there's a couple of things that certainly I said in chat to you guys. And there's one thing actually that I didn't say, which um, something Alison mentioned has just made me think about, which is just purely in terms of the practicalities of, of any kind of partial reshoot. A lot of the exposition and the kind of just the explaining the mechanics of leaping and all, all that kind of stuff that is important for Swiss cheese Ben to hear about, but also important for the audience to learn about, a lot of that happens during the location scenes so i do wonder just on a practical level if some of that came down to look we'd have to reshoot significant chunks of this this isn't just reshooting you know if, if we're not happy with the way the exposition is landing for the audience we can't just reshoot a couple of lines because it's on location and the location is up in canada we'd have to reshoot most of the location footage so yeah if we're going to do that we might as well reshoot the whole lot yeah, it's very possible that's the reason for it, which uh, I guess still kind of bums me out because I would like to see the earthquake stuff, but it's it's possible that reshoots just were 
more expensive to do than just redoing the plot. And there's definitely, um, in the original script, there's some references to the original series, which I don't think would have been off-putting for a new audience, personally. But I could see how some concerned executives could turn around and say, well, look, if you leave those in, that could make people think, whoa, there's 30 years of lore I've got to catch up on. I'm just going to turn off now. Whereas if you bump that those references up to episode three or four or five, you'll get the audience in, you'll get them sucked in, and then we start playing with that. And I've, I've been watching... Um, I, it was about a year ago that uh, Chris got me starting to do a complete Star Trek marathon, and I've just got up to the first season of Discovery. And they do some really good stuff with Discovery in that respect. The, the first half of the first season doesn't rely too much on the lore, and then suddenly in the second half of the first season, you discover that it's been a Mirror Universe plotline all along with all this stuff that's been seeded. Yeah, but that's a twist. That's not really... But do you put that kind of twist in episode one or do you put that kind of twist in episode 10? Well, it's not a twist if they don't wait. <laughs> there was a season <laughs> twist. I don't think that's the same thing as like waiting for the the plot dump exposition. I get what you're saying though. Like, oh, I'm, not talk- I'm not talking about the exposition though. I- I'm talking about, and I'm trying to be careful what I say here, but I'm talking about stuff that- Oh, re- that they is- got some twisty twist stuff going on that maybe they wait a little bit? They've got some stuff that- could be turned into a twist, which at the moment is just, Ooh. oh, hey, welcome to this new series. By the way, it's a sequel. And they could push that back a few episodes and turn it into into more of a surprise and just effectively open with, hey, this, you know, the, yeah, we know this is a sequel, but don't worry about that, guys. Just let's just go along with the ride for a few episodes. Yeah. Hmm. This reminds me so much, Matt, and... um this is going to sound like very incongruous, but when I started reading comic books, I was so intimidated by 80,000 years of <laughs> yes. DCU yeah. history yeah. that I wanted to read Green Lantern because I liked the character Green Lantern. And I was like, well, where do I start? And I had no fucking clue. And <laughs> then I wanted to read Justice League. And I was just like, okay, where do I start? But then I realized, okay, I sort of know these characters already, so just hop in. But yeah. as someone that's a newbie and someone that like really wants to be a completist like I do, sometimes it's just not possible. So you just have to sort of take the leap and enjoy the ride for where it's at. And then eventually you'll catch up. That yeah, Normies ain't going to think that, though. Yeah, that, that's not going <laughs> to yeah, in, fly in, the meantime, in TV. That's not going to fly. What percentage of people are just going <laughs> right. to give up at that point and say, and it might maybe 2-3%, but that 2-3% could be enough for an exec to say, well, you know, we could fix that. We could keep those guys along by just drip feeding. Doctor Who did the same thing when it came back in 2005. No references back to the past, really, until halfway through the first season. Yeah, perfect example. I can tell you, the first time I watched a a new Doctor Who, I uh, had not heard of old Doctor Who, and uh, I was a little confused. They were talking about some stuff. Like, Actually, I think it was the first Tenet episode was the first one I saw, and they were talking about regeneration and stuff, and I'm like, I don't... This seems like the continuation of something. Yeah. (laughs) Something's going on here. Um, I don't think Quantum Leap is... um, has got that much continuity per se, like when you're talking about like going into comics and stuff like that. And it's not like Quantum Leap ran for as long as like Doctor Who did. But Quantum Leap is a difficult plot to understand, even with people who know Quantum Leap. 
even us, like, were there parts of it where we're like, what? We're still arguing about it. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, Quantum Leap is just an endlessly complicated premise, which is difficult to describe, which is why uh, Donald Belisario, like, when he was pitching it, it's like, well, pitch it the way... You know, you would tell my mother about yeah. it or whatever. I mean, but, you, but Allison, you have to give the second half of that joke because it proves your point because the other end of that joke was Tartikoff told them, I still don't understand it. And Belisario said, but your mother does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's going to be new people watching new Quantum Leap. Like, I don't understand it, but my mom does. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, a, it's an insanely complicated premise for anybody who is just a casual viewer. It is. It's complicated. So you don't want to like mire it down with too much lore. From what Matt was saying, it doesn't sound like they did mire it with too much lore. Um, but that's also, I guess, why the the heist plot worries me because heist plots are a little bit complicated to begin with. You, you really want to have something a little more um, simplified and streamlined for a pilot. Like, I don't know how complicated the earthquake stuff was. Earthquake is big, but it's not necessarily a complicated plot. The earthquake plots, and I, I'm, I'm not spoiling anything that's not been known since way back in the casting call, but I mean, the the earthquake is just happening and there's a story about a divorcing couple, uh, which we know from the very original casting call. He leaps into a, a guy whose wife wants to divorce him. And that's what the episode is about. And there is an earthquake happening all around them at the time. Yeah. So it's simple. It was a simple one to get the necessary exposition about the leaping stuff behind it. But yeah, could they simplify that further? Yeah, I think they, they possibly could. Did they need to? Probably not. But it's not necessarily a bad thing if they are doing. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, because even though I, I hadn't read the script and you know that I'm steadfastly against any kind of spoilers, what I loved about that script as, you know, I got through osmosis and from what you've said, was it seemed to serve both masters in the sense that it gave you not only the broad, historical, big kind of plot that Quantum Leap could do to put you in a certain time, in a certain place, at a certain event that we all remember. But it also said, okay, yeah, that, all that's happening and you're going to love that. You're going to jive with that. But also it's really not about that. It's about this. It's about these two people that are going through these things. And it's up to Ben to sort of walk a mile in that person's shoes and figure out how do I fix this? Can I fix this? So it was it was all of the dynamics that Quantum Leap can embody. And now we're talking about a heist plot. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, it, it feels more intriguing to me. It was someone like it, you're thrown into the situation where you know nothing. Your memory's completely gone and there's an earthquake going on. Like that seems like more harrowing and exciting than you, you than a heist plot. Cause like, I don't know. It makes me think of like those terrible amnesia plots you have on shows where like uh, someone thinks they're, they must be one of the bad guys and they're convinced that they're the bad guy. Cause I don't know. I'm doing a heist. I'm a thief, I guess. I don't know. Which I think is like, I don't know. It, it doesn't sound as good to me, but Again, we really don't know nothing. I feel like the way that that hashtag show described it, it made it seem a little silly. But I mean, yeah, they can make anything sound silly. Yeah. Well, it was also a couple of tropes um, in that description. I mean, we'll get to the heist plot in a second. But the second thing is one of the guys in the plot is doing it because of an illness, a sick child. Was it a sick child? His wife. A uh, sick wife. Sick wife. Yeah. Okay. So this is something that I've grown to loathe 
over <laughs> the course of the last 20 years, ever since superhero movies became big. Allison, just like you can't stand the guy can't do sports because health plot, yeah. I can't stand the <laughs> otherwise good guy becomes a criminal scumbag because sick kid plot. He's He's got um. <laughs> Uh, he's a criminal with a heart of gold who's got to steal, what is it, the Hope Diamond or yeah, something? Yeah, the Hope Significant. Diamond. I'm sorry, the Hope Diamond? The Hope like, Diamond? Yeah, that's, that's a little silly. What kind of surgery does he need? Maybe this is a good sign. I was kind of worried this would get too serious and bogged down in lore and then turn into kind of new Trek type of stuff, but maybe it'll just be kind of the usual television crap, which I'm down with. <laughs> maybe it'll be entertaining in that way. But, you know, you have a vested interest in it being crap because you win either way, Mrs. Movie Nights. I mean, you you can always make something out of it. It better be entertaining crap is the thing. I'm down with like a pretty cliched plot if you can do it in an entertaining way. If I care about these characters, I, st I still wish that they had moved this plot to second episode, third, a little bit down the line, but I guess we'll see. At the risk of getting political, I, I just checked into this because yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't thought to check before. The Hope Diamond is currently valued at two hundred to three hundred million dollars. Split that like five or six ways. I've got to ask, how much is healthcare in the US? Really, that you'd be thinking, you know what? I need to steal like fifty million dollars in order to save my wife's no. life. You could get. It, I I don't know if you get it. twenty million. I think you'd really? be alright. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, I feel wow. like the Hope Diamond's shooting a little high. Yeah, like a bank job or something would probably have done it, or, you know. Well, a bank job, I don't know, but. And it's also such a hot commodity that it might be valued at 20 to 30 million, but you could probably get maybe 10 to 15 million, because who's going to move that thing? Really? <laughs> Who are you going to sell the Hope Diamond to? Good, oh, good point, Chris. You've <laughs> thought about this. Chris, have you been making plans just in case your wife gets sick? You're like, yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna steal cash, not a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if Ben is like uh, in a bank, and then the guy asks for like only the amount he needs for the surgery down to the cent, and then when Ben gets out of there, he meets Raymond Lee as his father, and it's a really touching moment as his father. <laughs> <laughs> but but obviously played by a really bad stunt double that looks nothing like him. Played by like a white guy. A white guy. Yeah, <laughs> Man, it's like, this... he's about the same height. That'll do. Put him in a hat. So um, for those of you who didn't get that reference, I think Allison is afraid that this is Promised Land rehash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Raymond Lee directs it. And then... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, it could turn out just fine. It could be they want the Hope Diamond because they want something that's going to grab new viewers and uh, like the earthquake. It's not necessarily about that. You know, maybe it is about more mm. the more human element yeah. there. It is a little bit of a cliche, but I feel like a lot of TV is a cliche. As long as you, you make the characters ones that you care about, you can kind of get over that. I didn't necessarily care about plain stuff, but I still love the pilot for the original show. So it may be that yeah. they still have things around it that are really great. Well, that, that gets to my second point about the problem that I have, aside from, you know, sick kid equals villainous dad all of a sudden, <laughs> because Hark. <laughs> Heist plots. I love Ocean's Eleven. I love Ocean's Thirteen. Ocean's Twelve, eh, you can, you can pretty much keep it. But I feel like we've seen it done to death. It's gotten to the point where it's so played that it's become a cliche and a trope. And again, I'm very worried that Okay, we're going to have the heist plot. It's going to be like, hey, everything is, oh, no, everything is lost. And then all of a sudden, there's that last act twist 
where everything's going to be okay and you play the funky music and everybody walks away into the sunset with, with their bags of gold and the Hope Diamond in tow. I don't think that's what it's going to be. I don't think so. I just, but, I, I, I just, I hear Heist Plot and I'm thinking it is maybe the most enjoyable but the most played kind of plot that you can think of. And maybe that's exactly what they're going for. Right? Because it's familiar and comfortable Maybe. and people will love yeah, it. Yeah, that's possible. I just hope it's not one of those dirty dozen type heist plots, you know, where you got to meet all the criminals with their like quirks and stuff. And it's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. That's the best but part of this it. This is all pre complaining. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> it's possible that it isn't going to be like that. It's possible that uh, the Hope Diamond is just a, a means to get people to, ooh, what's this exciting plot? I, I know what this thing is. But then, um, they have more heart to it. And obviously you're going to be getting a lot of character stuff in there too. So it might be, this is just kind of the wraparound stuff to Ben finding out about what's going on. I hope so. I just also feel like the hope diamond is also something your grandma has heard of. So maybe she'll tune in too. And that's where I get a little worried. I feel like grandma would know about quantum leap. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, is that a crack at my age? (laughs) I'm just saying like, if they're worried about getting a younger, newer demographic, (laughs) They're like, yeah, the grandmas will tune in. I don't know. but Now, I think that they're just worried about getting as many eyeballs as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, whether it's younger or newer or older and wiser or anywhere in between, or I guess that's the three of us, anywhere in between, that uh, they'll just do it because it has the most marketability. And again, not necessarily a bad thing. It was just the one thing that gave me pause. Now, the one thing that gives me hope. It feels like a step down from the the original, yeah. But it gives me hope, like I said earlier, when we first started the show, that they're not changing any of the cast. And by all indications from following all of these actors on social media in the last few months, they're all awesome. Like, they're just all so much fun. So I have a feeling no matter what they're in, they can turn, you know, shit into something that's actually pretty enjoyable. If it comes down to that, not saying that this will be shit. I'm just saying that (laughs) if it is shit, at least we have the best possible people to give us this shit. Yeah, you know what? I still uh, I still love all of the character ideas. I think all the actors seem pretty cool. I still feel like the setup that they have could bring some really interesting stuff. So, uh, yeah, this is all just speculation on our part, but really just just threw us for a loop. Very much so. So the other concern I have is that... The pilot that we were presented with originally seemed to be equally Ben's Leap and Back at the Project. I have a feeling we're going to be putting the Back at the Project stuff pretty much on hiatus for the first couple episodes. Why do you think that? I think it because... It seems to me they're just going with a much more generic, this is what leaping is. It will be more akin to the original series. It'll be more akin to a Sam and Al leap where they're just set in the place and the time and this is what you have to do to leap and then you leap and then everything's good. And then they might start dribbing and drabbing the project stuff in increasingly as people get more comfortable with the concept. Whereas for us as fans, it seemed that the the pilot that was there was all about them finding Quantum Leap, rebooting Quantum Leap, and Ben getting lost in time again. So it was very much just picking up where we, we, the fans, left off. This seems to be coming at it from the other other direction. I would disagree. I honestly think it's easier for, with a completely fresh pair of eyes, with no, no Quantum Leap background at all, I think 
having, and this is not a criticism of the original script, but I think it could be more spoon-feedy to show a lot of stuff at the project and explain from there what's going on with the leaping and the background behind that, as opposed to the way that Quantum Leap 89 took it, which was, you know, Al giving out little bits of information throughout the 90-minute pilot, but still really not everything and slowly building up more and more over time. Um, Actually, having the project in right from the start, it's like, right, here you go. Here's everything. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know shit about what was going on in the original show huh. because they barely showed. They didn't know what was going on. You know, that's very interesting. Yeah, I think that's the easier option for a new audience is seeing this is what's happening in the present day, and we've got a time traveler that we've now sent into the past. But this is all from the perspective of the present day, and something's going on in the past. Yeah, I, I think uh, also um, if we uh, include the spoilery bit that we're going to talk about in a little bit. It does feel like they are going to show us more project stuff or more stuff pre-leap. Good point, actually, yeah. And I, I would yeah. agree with Matt that it, that would be easier for a new viewer to like just let them know ahead of time, this is how this works, this is what's going on. I wouldn't personally mind if the show didn't do half and half project and half uh, leap just because time-wise, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, um, if you split that in half, that's only 20 minutes per leap. I would rather focus on the leap portion than the project stuff. Yeah. It's good to see more of that stuff, but I mean, it, it is quantum leap. I'd rather see more leap stuff. Well, and that's kind of where I was going with that. Um, Matt, you're 100% right with that. I, I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, what better way to spoon feed people than to take you to the place where all of this originates so that you get a basis yeah. from it from the ground up. But then I think, okay, but they're thinking about John Q. Public, Mr. Mundane, who's just sitting down in front of the TV to watch something and they're not like a sci-fi fan. So you see all of this like techie future gadgetry stuff. This is not the NCIS I'm used to. This is not a medical drama. I'm turning this <laughs> off <laughs> you think everyone who watches tv is that yeah, pretty much oh, yeah i'm just looking for medical dramas and ncis <laughs> <laughs> and i landed on quantum leap they're looking for procedural bullshit they're not looking for high concept and back at the project seems too high concept for a mundane audience i'm sorry i'm an elitist this is what this is going to be led in by the voice. It's going to be people who are watching NBC, watching a reality show, and they're like, after the voice, what? What's this? The Hope Diamond? I'm going to be watching this. <laughs> yeah, that's not procedural stuff either. This is like, all right, there's a guy running around in 1985 or whatever. We don't know when this is set. Guy running around uh, the Smithsonian in 1985 with a hologram, kind of not really telling him what's going on. That, that strikes me as equally challenging. I don't think there is a way of, of making this easy for a completely new audience. There's always going to be an element to that. I just feel like that's more of a recognizable setting. If you're on the street and it's a jewel heist, you can get into that a little bit more than if you have to explain about parallel hybrid computers and, you know, the, the agitation of uh, neurons and mesons and all that. Yeah, a jewel heist, but they're all there going, so what about that MC Hammer guy? Hey, he's cool. Or whatever. <laughs> no, you can't yeah. touch that, Matt. Just move on. You can't touch it. Hammer <laughs> time. <laughs> this is where my heart sinks a little bit because I want to see the earthquake one. And odds are it's going to be like 15 years, even if the new series is great. By the time we get to see the Earthquake 1, it's going to be a special release. It's going to be a DVD extra. It's no. going to be like, we're going to have to wait till the end of the first season at the very least. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't think it'll be 15 years. I think it'll be when the Blu-ray comes out, it'll be included. A lot of that stuff is usually included these days. Hey, listen, 
I've been burned by the cage, so it's it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a quite different case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the cage uh, with Star Trek. That was uh, also a very unusual circumstance. This is unusual to redo a pilot completely, but there may be multiple reasons for that. And the fact that NBC is willing to spend the money to do another pilot means that they do have some faith that Quantum Leap is enough of a name and that this is going to be a product that's going to make them money back, that they're willing to spend the money to do it. So I think that's kind of encouraging. That's true. That's true. So, but I, I know there's a second half to this show, right, Matt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think we're, we're probably we're, we're going around in circles a little bit about this first thing because at the end of the day, we do not know anything really besides this one line plot, and uh, we're all talking about our, our hopes and our fears. But should we talk about the other bit of news that's come out as part of that? Yeah. Let me let me just set this up for listeners out there, listeners like me. I have no idea. Right now, I have no freaking clue what Matt's going to be telling me. I've been spoiler free. Um, He asked me when we were getting together this impromptu episode of the show, do you want to go into this? It is spoilery a little bit. And I said to him, I host a Quantum Leap podcast. Eventually, I'm going to hear it before I see it. So if anyone's going to spoil me, it might as well be you. I trust you. I love you. (laughs) But yeah, all of you guys who don't want to be spoiled, good show. We love talking to you. Tune in next time to the Quantum Leap podcast. But we're going to go on and give um, a little bit of spoilery information. Yeah, and I already know this little factoid because uh, someone linked me to that hashtag article (sighs) on Twitter, and it said, like, pilot details, so I was like, oh, it's probably fine. It said there were spoilers in it, but I was like, oh, pilot, I know a lot of stuff about the pilot. Uh, And I was like, what's this about this jewel heist and stuff? And like, what now? And then, yeah, they included this kind of big bit in there. I kind of wish that I didn't know, but... (laughs) I I, I know that I'm going to know, and Allison, am I going to be both elated and heartbroken? I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Drum roll, please. Everybody, again, your last chance to turn off the podcast. What do you got for us, Matt? So, um, in and this this does relate to something back in the the original pilot so it's this is definitely legit um apparently one of the scenes that we're going to see in this replacement pilot is Ben and Addison's engagement party <gasps> wow leaper and hologram are engaged i called it i called this romance thing i knew you it was going to be a romance i knew it and I, I think at that point i kept a very straight face <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. That's not a spoiler at all. <laughs> D- did you already know about it? No, I didn't know about it, but it doesn't spoil anything about the show other than the fact that it makes it all the more poignant. You know how we talk about if, if Sam and Al... That's a character yeah. bit. If Sam and Al could only hug. Yes. This is now a central portion of the show. Oh, they yeah, built yeah. that into the DNA. Oh, they, they knew. They knew <sighs> that Sam and Al, super gay. And they're like, yeah. we want to keep doing this, but we don't want to do the gay stuff. So they're like, make it a lady hologram. It's going to be a romance. I knew that's what they were doing, and that's what they're doing. And you know what? I'm ready for the yearning. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a really good character move, and I'm so happy they did it. The way it came out in the original script is just is perfect. I hope that a lot of that is lifted into this. I don't know if it will be, but um yeah, it's I remember reading the script when this bit came out that they were engaged and I just I didn't breathe for like a minute. Um it's really good. 
Actually, I, w- I was kind of surprised that they were engaged. I, I knew that they a romance was probably a thought that they had, but I didn't know that. Uh, I was a little bit surprised that it was actually at that stage. I thought maybe it would be something that develops over the course of the show. The way that that hashtag show describes it, it makes it sound like they're at their engagement party and then Ben just slips out like, whoops, got to go time travel real quick. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the theory I had that like, oh, he's just trying to get out of a divorce <laughs> and then he leaps. Maybe he's like, ooh, I got cold feet. <laughs> I got to go leap. Bye. <laughs> or maybe it's going to be like... Um- like all those, uh, all those comedies, and actually, Quantum Leap did it once in Tale of Two Sweeties. All those comedies where, like, a guy's got two relationships going on at once, and he's trying to switch oh, between the two please. at the same party. He's doing that. He's <laughs> switching the whole series. The one is one big story arc where the engagement party is going on, and he keeps popping out to go to 1965 to hide out for a few days, yeah. <laughs> and then coming back again. This is almost a plot for uh, Kevin can f himself. <laughs> It's yes. all connected here. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I'm actually so relieved that this is the, quote, spoiler. Like, I guess it is a spoiler to an extent, but this seems like, seriously, this could be something that is established in scene one, episode one. Oh, it, it probably it possibly is. is. Yeah. But you, you wanted to remain completely unspoiled. I think in the hashtag show, it said that's the opening scene. I could be... Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think like I would have rather found out watching the show personally uh, about this particular thing. Spoilers to me, I don't really care if I know the plot outline of whatever the leap is. Like I didn't care about finding out about the earthquake or finding out about, out about the jewel heist, really. I, I just, uh, you know, things about like what's going to be going on with the characters. Like I would rather kind of find out organically because that's going to be the through line through the show. Yeah. Wow. No. So like, you know, Sam and Addison being a uh, Sam, listen to me, Ben <laughs> and Addison being romantically engaged. Now I'm just thrilling at the possibilities because imagine if Donna was Sam's hologram. You said you hated the idea of them being together. You hated the idea of there being a romance. Did I? Yeah. You said, Oh, I hate that. Oh, I don't remember. You definitely did. Instead of having a hand link, can Donna have a frying pan? (laughs) (laughs) Ben, you should have come back to the engagement party hours ago! (laughs) Imagine her saying, Ziggy says there's a 98% chance you got to bone that girl in order to leap. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, boy. The heartbreak. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, this is like what they could have done with Donna instead of anything else that they did. You know, like... (laughs) (laughs) This at least, see, it's not even that I care about Sam being with someone. It's the fact that like Sam and Donna, like you have to make me believe it. If you're going to have this relationship, you have to make me believe it. That's why like Sam and Al is a much better relationship if you're going to be shipping anyone on the show because you see five seasons of how close these characters are. Like you you believe how much they care for each other. With Donna, you, you had like barely anything. It just felt like so cheap. So I feel like with this, you get an opportunity to really develop like how much uh, Ben and Addison mean for each other. And like that could really go in some good places. To go back to Chris's joke, I know it was an offhand comment, but it does presumably mean that uh, Ben's not going to be going around having sex with uh, everyone. Oh, I, oh, they're definitely going to have some romances, but... <sighs> But hopefully it does kind of get us away from that topic that we've touched on a few times uh, during the podcast about, well, Sam kind of pretending to be someone else and getting it on with someone else's girlfriend who think it's more than a little bit troublesome in this day and age. Yeah. And they don't have to do that. They can just say, well, all right, Ben is going to remain mostly chaste 
in the series because his uh, his future wife is constantly next to him. So we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, it just, I, I don't think he's going to know about it initially. I, I'm not sure when they'll reveal it to him. I, I think that's going to be a, a running thing that they yeah. don't reveal it to him. But um, I, I think that you're right in that now they would be more cautious about filming something like that, like having him sleep with people under the guise of someone else. I think there will be plenty of romances because that's that's where you get that rip out Addison's heart and stop it on the ground, you know? <laughs> oh, that's definitely going to be in there. But I think they're going to be very cautious about when or if he sleeps with anyone. I bet it'll be uh, special circumstances most of the time if they do it at all. And it will be after you're significantly invested in the fact that Addison feels hopeless and alone and heartbroken already. And now it's something that Ben has to do. Wow. If whatever past version of Chris that you're talking about, Allison, so that I would hate that there would be a romance between them. Now I'm just seeing nothing but possibilities. And I actually kind of love the idea. If I was going to be spoiled on anything, I thought you were going to tell me that like Sam was back at the project and he was an evil leaper. And this, this character is this one. And you're going to reveal this <laughs> twist. Start with you know? that if they're going to do that. I feel like if they started out in the pilot and then Sam shows up and he's an evil leaper, I'd be like yeah i kind of agree with the network executives (laughs) a little too deep in maybe maybe hold that back for episode two (laughs) yeah a little twirly mustache sam i don't know i feel like some people might be lost even people who like watched quantum leap i feel like most people are not going to know all of the little details about stuff like to be able to follow that kind of plot all they need to do is open with a caption card voiced by Scott Bakula saying, here are some scenes from Evil Leaper Part 1. And then they just they just show some shots from Season 5 explaining what happened. That's how you open the new series. That would be amazing. The new series was opened by previously on Quantum Leap. Previously on Quantum <laughs> yes. Leap. It'd be like, so, why are new what? people turn- tuning out? I don't understand what's going on. You know what, actually, I'm thrilled about them. This is one positive to them reshooting uh, the the pilot entirely. They're not going to have one of those stand-in gummy bear hand links. If they use an old hand link, it's going to be the one of the ones that uh, Deborah bought for Morgan and uh, Replica Oh, I hope so. Oh, that's awesome. And it's going to be in there. It's going to be in there. And you know what? Because of us and because of Morgan (laughs) and because of Replica Props, uh, it's going to be an accurate one and it's going to look nice and it's going to be like, whoo. You're welcome, So much world. nicer. And if you haven't listened to yeah. the Patreon uh, bonus episode where, oh boy, it's Morgan Felden. I interviewed Morgan just recently, and he told me that he gave Deborah a code so that they could completely turn off the sounds on the hand link if they wanted to use it on set to shoot. So, Hot dang. Yeah. So, I mean, Woo-hoo. it is screen. It is literally screen ready, blinking lights, screen accurate, everything without any of the sounds that are going to screw up a production. I'm so excited. Which is almost a shame because I quite like the idea. I, I know practically it wouldn't work, but I like the idea of them using it on screen and hearing the sounds that are coming out of the prop itself, all of which are <laughs> lifted from the Blu-rays of the original series. <laughs> it's like wheels within wheels within wheels. <laughs> Emails between me and Morgan going, oh, hey, in Ghost Ship, there's a bit at like 22 minutes, 30 seconds where you hear that whine really good. <laughs> Oh, man, I've been like, these sounds have been just embedded in my mind. I've been watching the 1981 animated Spider-Man, and they use those Hanna-Barbera sound effects. So every time he shoots a web, it's like a little Ziggy sound. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
I gotta watch that. Holy crap. I definitely gotta watch that. So, Thank you. Yeah, uh, I don't know if there's any clean ones in there, but maybe you'll find some. Who knows? Oh, that's terrific. That's freaking Amazing. hilarious. Oh, boy. I'm just, I'm so excited that if they, I, they have to use the gummy beer hand link. I wish it was yeah. just the gummy beer hand link. As, as cool as the new hand link looked, I wish they were just using the gummy bear. But even if they don't, I feel like it'll make some appearance and it'll be accurate this time. Yeah. It better be on screen at some point somewhere, you know. And also pour one out for the poor calculator hand link, which was prominently featured in a cameo in the pilot in a Radio Shack. Apparently, I guess... That's not going to happen. <laughs> Prominent cameo. Who who pointed this out? Was it one of you or was it Morgan? Someone pointed out to me that it was clearly like a printout picture of the calculator, which wasn't to scale. <laughs> oh, really? I hadn't seen any of the shots, so I don't know. Yeah, in the in the window, it was there, but it was much larger than it should have been. So I think it was just someone printed out the picture and put it in the window. I'm going to bring the picture up now. Because, yeah, I noticed it seemed unusually big, but I thought it was like a perspective thing or something. It's just so that we don't miss it. It's just like, hey, look, 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 we get it. We're on your side. (laughs) We're on Team Quantum Leap. Yeah, I think it was just meant to be an Easter egg. (laughs) But if they decided they wanted to use one of those, that's another one that Replica Props has been working on and is getting pretty close to perfecting at this point. So I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they could get a real one in there. Where's the damn picture? I can't find the picture of it. If you if you That's, go to oh, Stephen yeah, Lillian's go. page yeah. and then look at media yeah. on Or just on go Twitter. to quantumleapinfo.net, please. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, that is way the wrong scale. I've never actually really looked close enough before. And it looks very flat. Someone found that picture on Google or on Al's Place or whatever and then blew it up and then put it in there. And I bet it was an Easter egg because they're like, we don't have a real one, so we'll just put it kind of in the background, you know. To, yeah. Hey. If you know, you know. Right, exactly. And I didn't know. I saw that picture, and I did not notice the hand link in it until I think you said something about it, Matt. Yeah, I noticed the hand link straight away, but um, yeah, <laughs> was too busy being excited about that to notice that that is not real. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> There's an old computer next to it, and to be fair, that's probably like a nine-inch screen on it or something, but it is the same size as that. Yeah, it's so funny imagining, like, Al holding this, like, giant-ass <laughs> calculator hand link. <laughs> He's got to wear it on a chain around his neck, like Flava Flav. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, try- <laughs> he tries to stick it in his pocket. It's too big. <laughs> he just keeps it on the stand in-, in the imaging chamber, and he just touches it when he needs it. It appears on an easel. <laughs> it's like, it's one of those, like, uh, baby toys with the giant buttons, you know, like, boop, boop. Mm-hmm. Oh, funny. Well, I have to say, I mean, I was very crestfallen about this news this week. Subsequent news broke in the States that eclipsed this in my mind and made me realize, oh, it's just quantum leap. Yeah. What are we worried about? But I, I feel like it was kind of like all these things together. I was like, maybe I'm just bummed about all this other stuff and, you know, it's going to be fine. And, and to be fair, again, we don't know anything about either pilot, you know, like Matt knows more than we do, having read the script for the first one, but none of us have seen this uh, pilot as originally done. We don't know what this new one's going to be like. It could be fantastic, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in it. I, I still think that I'll enjoy it. It just, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of unknowns. It's the same writers, though, right? And they've got good history. So same writer, same cast. Yeah, the fact that they're not replacing anyone, um, which could very well happen if uh, there was some like 
bullshittery going on behind the scenes of the network like oh we're worried about having a non-binary character or we're worried about having an asian lead or something like that they didn't change any of that so i feel like the heart is still in the right place about what direction they're going in exactly exactly yeah and i feel so much better after talking to you guys about this i was really so worried that we were just going to get another watered down network interference retread of a great idea that was just going to be unrecognizable by the time it actually hit the screen and now i'm thinking all right we're just getting a different take on the same universe but all the elements all the potential is still there Based on what we heard from that reboot script and everything that Matt – Matt, I, I'm just going to say it. If you think what you read in that reboot is a faithful and wonderful continuation of the Quantum Leap legacy, I have nothing but faith in the show because I trust your judgment on this stuff. So if yeah. they're still taking that dynamic, that DNA and just putting it into a different type of story, I still have pretty high hopes. You know? Yeah. That's exactly how I feel about this. And yeah, let's just remember again, we're basing a lot of our assumptions on behind the scenes politics that we're not aware of, not privy to, and a description from a website that doesn't necessarily have good reason to spend a lot of time explaining why this is good for fans. So it's not being shared with us in the best possible way. I just want to know, Matt, you're, you're pretty privy to this stuff. You run in these circles because, you know, you're, you're on the dark web. You're on the dark ziggy. <laughs> Who at that hashtag site, uh, who's their mole? Who's their deep throat? Like, how do they know this shit? It's Raymond Lee. He's doing a heist <laughs> with all of the info and he's going in there. He does like a little uh, commando roll and then hands them the script. <laughs> Honestly, I got the um the, the other guys who have read the original script, I got them straight into a chat when this broke and said, where the hell are they getting this from? <laughs> we don't know. We just don't know. It's amazing. Honestly, I think it would be the most hilarious thing if they were feeding bullshit plots to that hashtag show and just throwing out things that aren't happening just to throw them off so people don't know what's going on. That would be hilarious if this like Hope Diamond thing was not a thing that they were doing. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem to be the case, though. I mean, it's happened before with other like shows or movies. You just throw out things that are blatantly untrue so that they don't leak things that they don't want to be leaked. Yeah, yeah. this is the Blue Harvest version of Quantum Leap. <laughs> yeah, it'd be hilarious. So, wow. All right, so I still have high hopes going forward. And um, thank you guys for this impromptu show, uh, Matthew especially. I'm like an idiot when it comes to this stuff. I barely follow it. I only know what's going on when you post stuff on our Just the Host thread. And I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Which literally happened. I woke up at about 5.30 yesterday morning and um, there's always like 85 missed messages because Allison's up all night <laughs> and Matt's in a different time zone. So I'm like, hey, what are these guys talking about? I'm always late to the party. And Matt's just like, oh, and then this happened. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> so <laughs> it's just like we have, we have to do show <laughs> it's always fun waiting for you to wake up chris but yeah I'm, I'm glad that we were able to to get this one out and um yeah do you guys have any any sort of like final thoughts before i start wrapping anything up any anything else that we need to put a bow on with this i mean i think we started out uh feeling kind of negative and i do still have those worries but i feel like uh by the end here i am feeling a little more upbeat about it uh again we don't know so i, I think like Keeping up optimism will be good. 
Yeah, and for me, it's it's an odd situation because if I hadn't been as close to this as I have been the last few months, this would have just been my constant state from the start. Like, as soon as it was announced, it was always that, great, it's coming back. Is it being done well? And I, I would just just have been in that, that constant state of uncertainty for the last six months. But having had my hopes lifted, raising the script and going, no, that's fine, it's good, it's in good hands to then have this curveball thrown it was a bit of a shock but yeah again talking to you guys about this i i think i'm i'm still feeling very good about it yeah yeah and i mean again it's a better position than any of us ever thought we'd ever be in again as quantum leap fans so yeah even with the curveballs it just makes it even that much more exciting and gives us more content um speaking of which uh, more <laughs> content just to give everybody sort of the dynamic that we're working with here um right now it's saturday and um, we're recording this to release the following Thursday. I'm going to put a spot in right now to say something very well might break between now and when we drop this show. And uh, Matt will let me know. And if that does happen, I'm going to put it right here. Quantum leap. Get leaping. Okay, no, nothing. This just in completely cancelled. <laughs> Everything's on fire. <laughs> or, or conversely, oh my god, I, I, I never saw that coming. <laughs> well, I can't believe that they redacted. <laughs> that piece of new information is very exciting slash terrible delete as applicable. <laughs> you won't believe what Ernie Hudson did. My god. S-M-H, Ernie. S-M-H. <laughs> <laughs> he was all over Instagram. I'm meeting Ernie in two weeks, you guys. At this time next Thursday, Allison, we just call it the Gram, okay? The Gram. <laughs> Are you literally meeting Ernie Hudson in two weeks, Matt? Yeah. He's at London Film and Comic Con in a fortnight's time. Oh so, my uh, god. Two weeks today, I have a photo op with him, and I will also yeah. be... a approaching him to autograph beyond the mirror image to which he'll say what's this and i'll say uh it's an episode guide i wrote to a tv show that you're not actually in because it's like the, the one that finished in 1993 and he'll say okay dude totes to the max i'm telling you now we have to give him like a, a t-shirt and a hat with the logo on it the whole thing <laughs> so i'm sign the book and here this is from me <laughs> we'll do it we've got a couple of weeks to pull that together we have to turn Ernie Hudson into a walking billboard for the Quantum Leap podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll be wearing it on the show for sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, let's hope. So, oh, wow. You're going to have to keep us posted on that. That might be a whole nother reboot special. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, I just also, uh, again, a little bit behind the scenes. We're putting this one together impromptu because of the breaking nature of this. We have an entire show recorded and halfway edited anyway. I was going to get it out of How the Test Was Won. And in our How the Test Was Won revisited show, I go through great lengths to thank and mention all of a bunch of new patrons that we've gotten. I'm not going to do it again on this show except to say thank you, Naradoc, Seamus, Puka, David, Tara... Craig and Cosplay slash Tom, uh, we will be mentioning everything about you and giving you all your proper shout outs on the test episode. But uh, of course, it's going to be preempted for this episode, but we haven't forgot about you. All your props are in. You just have to wait to hear it. Sorry, breaking news. You know, that's the world. But this was a good show, too. We want to thank everybody who supports us. And we also want to encourage you, if you have any thoughts about this breaking news, there are many ways that you can contact us here on the Quantum Leap Podcast. First and foremost, we have a P.O. Box. 
P.O. Box 542, Bayport, New York, 11705. If you want to write a snail mail, Quantum Leap Podcast, P.O. Box 542, Bayport, New York, 11705. You can also reach us by phone at 707-847-6682. You can email us at quantumleappodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash quantumleappodcast. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Quantum Leap Pod, and you can also watch for Matt's fortnightly uh, news segments and everything else that we're doing over on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the Quantum Leap Podcast. And if you want to be like all of the aforementioned patrons that I just mentioned, you can also go that extra mile and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Quantum Leap Podcast. Just remember that we may use your response on an upcoming episode of the Quantum Leap Podcast. And this is normally where I'd ask Matt, what's coming up next? (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, no, what's coming up next is um, we're going to release the test episode unless more news breaks. And uh, then after that, we'll eventually do Night to the Morning Star and all the other stuff. But uh, this is the kind of stuff that we're sort of living for right now. We just want all these little tidbits. And we were thinking, "Eh, is this enough to do a show about? Yeah, we talked for an hour. We always talk for an hour. We're just good at talking for an hour. So we hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, Until next time, I have been Christopher DeFilippis. I've been Alison Pregler. And I've been Matt Dale. And Ben and Addison, totes a couple. Oh, I'm shipping them already. We'll see you next time. Kissing in a tree. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Quantum Leap podcast, hosted by Allison, Matt, and Chris, with voice talent and contributions from Hayden McQueenie and Zoe Dean. Visit us at quantumleappodcast.com. To support the show, please go to patreon.com slash quantumleappodcast. The executive producer of the Quantum Leap podcast is Albert Burge. Christopher DeFilippis and Hayden McQueenie are the co-executive producers. Special thanks to our producers, Morgan Felden, Charles Allen Gossard, and Joshua Burwald. The thoughts expressed on this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those of the Quantum Leap podcast, its partners, or affiliates. The Quantum Leap universe and all it contains is the property of Belisarius Productions and Universal Television. The Quantum Leap podcast is not affiliated with Belisarius Productions or Universal Television, and no copyright infringement is intended. Please visit Baronspace.com for this and other amazing content. The Quantum Leap podcast is a Baronspace production. Yeah, if you guys agree, what I'll do is I'll put just like a pause. I'll just say, hey, look, we're going to get to this spoiler thing, which I know, Allison, you know it now. I still don't know it. but uh, it's, not a, it's not like an exciting spoiler, just so you know. It's not like, don't expect to be like, it's not like, well, it's, it's going to turn out that Sam's behind the whole thing. It's just, that, it's actually, just a little thing. spoiled it. I was waiting to hear that, you know, Sam was the evil leaper. I was waiting to hear yeah. that. <laughs> It'll tie in with the novel we're reading. It all, everything comes together. There we go. And plenty. Cool. And uh, if you guys don't mind, I'll. You want me to? I'll. I'll set it off like we usually do, and then um, follow my lead, and I'll throw it to you, Matt. All right. Okay. Were that's gonna, fine. Were you gonna say something, Matt, or you're just? You said, "Oh, nope." Uh, did I? Yeah. You. It sounded yeah. like you were on the verge of saying something, and I stepped on it. No, I. I think I was probably saying, "Yep." This this bodes well for tonight if my ability to say yes is confusing you both. It's (laughs) It's that accent. We're like, what? (laughs) Spiffing. Tip, tip.
What are you saying yes to? Howdy! (laughs) (laughs) There's a snake in my boot. Matthew Dale.